Ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to introduce a new sponsor to the podcast. Hillsdale College has been a longtime sponsor of the broadcast. And for the new year, they've graciously agreed to exclusively sponsor the first hour or segment of the podcast. I believe deeply in the principles and mission of Hillsdale College, which I share with you during the upcoming segment. My thanks and appreciation to Hillsdale College for their long partnership with the show. And now, the podcast. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Well, there is a lot to get to today, but before we do, since people don't learn things in school anymore, in colleges and universities, except Hillsdale, Grove City, a handful, I use this format, hopefully, to make people think, including people who don't agree with us. Now, you hear one miscreant and malcontent after another claiming to be democratic socialists or this side or the other, telling you how they intend to run things. They're not very specific, but they know we're all going to die in 12 years if we don't nationalize capitalism and hand it over to the government. They all know that uh, unless we have single-payer health care that we're all going to suffer grievously forevermore. And down the various list of hysterical nonsense and promises that these people make it should tell you something that a 29 year old with no experience whatsoever is leading the charge much like Fidel Castro did in Cuba these are not smart people they're not experienced people they're not substantive people they're demagogues now I've done this before my career on radio, 15 years, 16 years, whatever it is these days. I've done this, I think, two or three times before, but it needs to be done again. And that is this. To explain how complicated the world is, society, economics, that there aren't simple answers, that there aren't experts who can control everything. And in the end, it all comes down to tyranny because it's a failure. What succeeds for most people and provides the best sort of living and opportunity is liberty. Our men and women in uniform aren't fighting overseas for government programs. We didn't fight a civil war for government programs. We didn't fight a revolutionary war for government programs. They were fought for liberty. And that's the bottom line. And the Democrats, the Democratic Socialists, they don't offer anything related to liberty. They don't offer an expansion of liberty. They don't offer a vigorous defense of liberty. In fact, liberty never crosses their lips, does it? Getting something for free is not liberty. Somebody is effectively enslaved, so somebody else is not. So there was this this essay written 
several decades ago by Leonard Reed in 1958. That was one year old at the time. Called I Pencil. And the Competitive Enterprise Institute did a five or six minute film on this. But it goes on for some time, if you read it, to explain how complicated it is to make a pencil. And I'm going to play five minutes of this, and I want you to be thinking about how much more complicated it is to run the economy, the entire economy, or an industry within the economy, which is what's being proposed. And I want you to ask yourselves when you listen to this exactly who in the federal government is going to run our health care system. What are their names? Exactly who is going to run these things? Who are these experts? And how do we know they're experts? Experts at what? The civil service doesn't work that way. People are hired. They have jobs for life. Seniority is a factor because they're unionized as well, many. It's not a matter of expertise. The smartest and the brightest. But let's say it was. Who is smart enough and bright enough to know the trillions of decisions that are made in any given time and how to ensure that those decisions are made properly? They can't, so they have to control. They can't, so they have to create uniform rules, even though they may not fit your lifestyle or that of your family. They may not address anything that's of import to you. So let's listen to this. I would strongly encourage you to call members of your family around, or if you're in the car, just to raise the volume and listen very, very carefully to this. I pencil. Leonard Reed. Cut 13. Go. This is the world we live in. If we weren't surrounded by it every day, if we didn't take it for granted, we'd be dumbstruck by its very intricacy and brilliance. This is an ordinary, familiar wooden pencil. You might think a pencil is simple. Chances are you've been using one since before you could even read or write. But just because it's familiar doesn't mean it's simple. In fact, it's complicated, elaborate, beautiful, elegant. Its very existence is too improbable for any one person to truly comprehend. These are the basic materials that go into a pencil. Graphite, cedar, metal, and rubber. But if you had all the elements of a pencil right in front of you, could you make a pencil? It's not as easy as you might think. In fact, no single person on the face of the earth could do it without the help of countless others. And this is the key to understanding the world. A pencil, just like you and me, is the end result of a vast and intricate family tree, a symphony of human activity that spans the globe. Through their work and knowledge, a vast number of people have had a hand in making this simple pencil. Unlike your family tree, this one begins with an actual tree. The most immediate ancestor of the pencil is a cedar tree in the Pacific Northwest. 
but the loggers who harvest the timber are also its ancestors. And these men don't work alone. They, in turn, are assisted by the people and industries that produce the saws, rope, and countless other tools that they use. These are also the ancestors of our pencil. As is the waitress at a nearby diner who sells the loggers lunch, to say nothing of the thousands of people involved in producing that simple midday meal. Across time and space, the web grows. Consider the roads, trucks, ships, communication systems, and the people who design, build, and maintain them. All of them are necessary to bring the lumber to the mills and the slat factories that process them. All of them are also the ancestors of the pencil. And even with the work of all these people, so far all we have is a stained wooden slat, a naked half of a wooden body of a pencil. But its family tree is larger and more extensive. The graphite is mined in China and Sri Lanka. At the pencil factory, it's mixed with clay and heat and other materials before it's extruded, dried, and baked in a kiln. People from different continents, different cultures, cooperate to bring these materials together with waxes and kilns and equipment from across the world. These, too, are the ancestors of the pencil. And the same is true of the eraser. With ingredients from around the world, it's the end result of a similarly complex and exotic branch of the family tree. As is the ferrule, the metal band made from material that is mined, refined, and shipped from all over the world. Each part of the pencil is the result of the collaboration and cooperation of millions of people. Together, they form a process that is constantly changing and adapting. A change in the availability or cost of material from one place might make another source more desirable, and the process changes and adapts fluidly. And there is a fact that's still more astounding. The absence of a mastermind, of anyone dictating these countless actions which bring a pencil into being. Each member of this family tree supplies only a small amount of the necessary know-how needed to make a pencil. They do so voluntarily, not because they necessarily want pencils or like pencils, but because by working to create them, they exchange their labor and skills for the wages that let them buy what they want and need. What you're seeing is the market at work. The spontaneous configuration of creative human energies, of millions of people with their various skills and talents, organizing voluntarily in response to human necessity and desire, as if led by an invisible hand to promote an end which was no part of the intention. Every second we are alive, we benefit from the products of voluntary, spontaneous cooperation. This is the modern world. It's miraculous, it's intricate, and it gets better every day, so long as people are free to interact with each other. If we can leave the creative energies of humankind uninhibited, there's no limit to what we can accomplish. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we obviously truncated that a bit. This is what ought to be taught in our classrooms. And it's not ever, except in very, very few institutions. Our so-called journalists, they either have no idea what we're talking about in this eye pencil, or they don't care. Or they don't care. And so... What happens is you have a mob mentality, groupthink. 
somebody's popular in the culture, almost like high school. And people gravitate toward that person. A demagogue is what they're really called. When we return, what is socialism? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it appears that the new congressional leadership is on a course to impede our liberty, your liberty and mine and the future liberty of your children and your grandchildren. Many of our representatives simply don't understand or care about the critical imperative to preserve our liberty. And it would seem that some of these so-called progressives actually seek to kill it. And these progressives are quite unlikely to understand or learn these things, which is why we have to. We need to overcome them. Our founding fathers counted on we the people to hold our government in check and be Being able to do that means understanding the proper role of Congress. Now, to help us understand this critical issue for a limited time, my friends at Hillsdale College have brought their powerful online course on the history and proper role of Congress back, absolutely free to equip all of us to know what we should expect of our Congress. I encourage you to check out this course, but not just you, your family, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors. Spread the word of liberty like Hillsdale College is. Hillsdale is on an important mission to restore liberty in our great country. And for a limited time, you can take their excellent and enlightening online courses for free. I urge you to sign up right now for this critical course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Learn how Congress used to work and why it doesn't work anymore. Learn more about liberty. Spread the word. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. Freeman was a great economist and a great teacher. We miss him very much. So I'll ask him, what is socialism? Go ahead. Now, socialism failed because its good qualities were perverted by evil men who got in charge. Was it simply because Stalin took over from Lenin that communism went the way it did? Has capitalism succeeded despite the immoral values it pervaded? I think the answer to both questions is in the negative. The results have arisen because each system has been true to its own values. Or rather, a system doesn't have values, I don't mean that, has been true to the values it encourages, supports, and develops in the people who live under that system. What we're concerned with in discussing moral values here are those that have to do with the relations between people. It's important to distinguish between two sets of moral considerations. The morality that is relevant to each of us in our private life. How we each individually conduct ourselves, behave. And then what's relevant to systems of government and organization are the relations between people. And in judging relations between people, I do not believe that the fundamental value is to do good to others whether they want you to or not. The fundamental value is not to do good to others as you see their good. It's not to force them to do good. As I see it, the fundamental value in relations to Hmong people is to respect the dignity and the individuality of fellow men. To treat your fellow man not as an object to be manipulated for your purpose but to treat him as a person with his own values and his own rights, a person to be persuaded, not coerced, 
not forced, not bulldozed, not brainwashed. That seems to me to be a fundamental value from in social relations. Whenever we depart from voluntary cooperation and try to do good by using force, the bad moral value of force triumphs over good intentions. And you realize this is highly relevant to what I am saying because the essential notion of a capitalist society, which I'll come back to, is voluntary cooperation, voluntary exchange. The essential notion of a socialist society is fundamentally force. If the government is the master, if society is to be run from the center, what are you, what are you doing? You ultimately have to order people what to do. What is your ultimate sanction? Go back a ways. Take it on a milder level. Whenever you try to do good with somebody else's money, you are committed to using force. How can you do good with somebody else's money unless you first take it away from them? The only way you can take it away from them is by the threat of force. You have a policeman, a tax collector, who comes and takes it from them. This is carried much farther if you really have a socialist society. If you have an organization from the center, if you have supposed government bureaucrats running things, that can only ultimately rest on force. But whenever you resort to force, even to try to do good, you must not question people's motives. Maybe they're evil sometime, but look at the results of what they do. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Assume their motives are good. You know, there's an old saying about the road to hell being paved with good intentions. You have to look at the outcome. And whenever you use force, the bad moral value of force triumphs over good intentions. The reason is not only that famous aphorism of Lord Acton. You all know it. You've all heard it. Absolute power corrupts. Absol I'm sorry, power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. That's the whole aphorism. That's one reason why trying to do good with methods that involve force lead to bad results. Because the people who set out with good intentions are themselves corrupted. And I may add, if they're not corrupted, they're replaced by people with bad intentions who are more efficient at getting control of the use of force. But also, the fundamental reason is more profound. The most harm of all is done when power is in the hands of people who are absolutely persuaded of the purity of their instincts of their, and of the purity of their intentions. Uh, Thoreau said that philanthropy is a much overrated virtue. Sincerity is also a much overrated virtue. Heaven preserve us from the sincere reformer who knows what's good for you and by, by heaven is going to make you do it whether you like it or not. All right, now when we come back, we will regroup. We'll go through this. I hope it's presented a completely different way of thinking to you, or at least added to what you already know. I think it's very important. We'll be back. The new congressional leadership is in town, but there's nothing new about what they're pushing. Big government, centralized government, iron-fisted government, higher taxes, more regulations, open borders. They're on a mission to obstruct our freedom and undermine our sovereignty. Yours, mine, all of ours. And too many representatives don't 
care. This is the nature of progressivism. It's an ideological poison. And the best way to fight it is with knowledge, information about liberty, about the Declaration, about the Constitution, and how Congress is supposed to work. It's up to we, the people, to understand what our government is and is not supposed to do. And that includes Congress. And thankfully, my good friends at Hillsdale College have brought back the powerful online course on the history and proper role of Congress, and it's absolutely free. Please take advantage of this remarkable offer to equip yourself, your family, your friends, your neighbors, with the knowledge that all of us should have about our Congress and our government generally. Hillsdale College is on a critical mission to restore liberty in our great country. And you can take their excellent online courses for free for a limited time. So sign up right now for this important course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Learn how Congress used to work and why it doesn't anymore so we can do something about it. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. Making sure the land of the free and the home of the brave stays that way. Dial Mark Levin now at 877-381-3811. So what are we talking about here? I did something that no host would do because people get upset in executive positions and radio and so forth. But I think it's very important. You know, there's a pattern and people get lazy and they fall into these patterns in radio and TV and elsewhere. And every day it's the same thing. What 12 subjects will I cover? How fast can I go through them? And uh, whoopie dee do. Sometimes you need to slow down. <coughs> there is no better discussion of the complexity of capitalism than I pencil. There's no better man to discuss the disaster that is socialism, among other things, than Milton Friedman. None. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we are very, very blessed people in this country. A very blessed people in this country. The truth is we, our parents, our ancestors, born into this country, came into this country. Those of us, like me, born into this country, we're just lucky that this is where we were born. We're very, very lucky. Because the vast majority of the world doesn't live in America. They live under unspeakably horrific conditions or in relative liberty, but still they are smothered by government. And that's most of Europe. We are a step or two behind Europe. But we need to fight for what belongs to us. We need to fight for our God-given unalienable rights. We need to fight to retain our economic system, our constitutional system. We need to fight against police state socialism. It's not democratic socialism. It's police state socialism. Milton Friedman is exactly right. They take your money first. Then they have to spend it and spread it around. They don't ask you to volunteer They take it, and if you don't give it to them, you go to prison. Same with your property taxes as you fund these propaganda centers, so many of our government school systems. And, of course, they wrap it up in freebies for people and uh, the best interests of the people generally. Well, how do they know what that is? How does Kamala Harris know what's in the best interests of the American people? When half of us or more reject what she's spewing. 
How does a 29-year-old out of New York who won a Democrat primary by 16 or 17,000 votes was no real serious experience, isn't particularly bright, how does she get to tell us how to live? Whether it's the Green New Deal, whether it's health care, whatever it is. Because we're handing our liberty, we're handing our ancestry, we're handing our country over to these people. And to the extent we're not handing it over to them, they're grabbing it. They're seizing it. They have great designs for you and me, whether we like it or not. Maybe they'll have their own five-year plan, like Stalin and Mao. Maybe they'll have the great leap forward, like Mao did. You never know. Maybe you have too many children. Isn't that what Aok said the other day? Maybe you should limit how much meat you should eat. Maybe fill in the blank. Liberty is a uh, difficult thing to protect. Because by its very nature, it allows diabolical people with evil intentions to maneuver, to operate. And so in that respect, liberty is its worst enemy. And yet it's difficult to know how to prevent that, isn't it? I've said this before, I've written about it before. This is a puzzle that man has never been able to solve. We want liberty, but liberty in the hands of the wrong people brings tyranny. Because they are free to do things under our system that ultimately is reckless. Where does this idea come from, this spreading the wealth, going after the rich, material-centric ideology, which is really all the left ever thinks about, right? Materialism. Well, capitalists do, but capitalists don't just think about materialism. They have to satisfy their customers. They have to satisfy their employees, or they go out of business. Not so with the government. Government doesn't have to satisfy anybody, because why? Because the government is the law. It's important that we familiarize ourselves with Karl Marx and Frederick Engels, among others, quite frankly, and understand this whole thing about this class struggle that you're hearing endlessly. Wage gaps. We need more equity and equality. And of course, the surest way not to get it is through centralized government. All that's about is creating poverty. Now, the Communist Manifest... Should I stop doing this? What do you want to hear about Michael Cohen and Adam Schiff for the four billionth time? I don't think you do. I think it's Friday, and you want to hear some substance. The Communist Manifesto was written by Karl Marx and Frederick Engels in 1848 on behalf of the Communist League, although the final draft was Marx's. It set forth the historical and analytical bases for the international communist movement. The first sentence reads, The history of all hitherto existing society is the history of class struggles. But unlike past class struggles with their gradated class systems, they say the modern bourgeois society that has sprouted from the ruins of feudal society has established new classes, new conditions of oppression, 
new forms of struggle, in the place of old ones. And when I read this to you, be thinking of Bernie Sanders and his ilk and the Democrat Party and people who've announced to run for president. And tell me who they're mimicking, who they're plagiarizing. And Marx and Engels write, our epic, the epic of the bourgeois, possesses, however, the distinctive feature. It has simplified class antagonisms. Society as a whole is more and more splitting up into two great hostile camps, into two great classes directly facing each other. The bourgeoisie, that's the capitalists or the managers, and the proletariat, the laborers. <coughs> and for Marx and Engels, the market system may have destroyed feudalism, but it, quote, left no other nexus between man and man than naked self-interest, callous cash payments. Marx and Engels, it is crucial for them to sever all ties with the past. Now think about this. This is why you see people on TV and hear people on radio. Those of you who went to college, professors, trashing the American founding, trashing the American founders, trashing the Industrial Revolution, trashing all that's come before us. Because you need a clean slate. The past dominates the present. But in communist society, the present dominates the past, they say. They also reject completely natural law and right reason, which is in your declaration. There's nothing more than the perpetuation of bourgeois control, that is capitalist control, over the proletariat. They say the selfish, selfish misconception that induces you to transform into eternal laws of nature and of reason, the social form springing from your present mode of production and form of property, that is, historical relations that rise and disappear in the progress of production, the misconception you share with every ruling class that has preceded you, <clears throat> what you see clearly in the case of ancient property, what you admit in the case of feudal property, you are, of course, forbidden to admit in the case of your own bourgeois form of property. In other words, he's saying you're basically continuing what was. We must destroy that, eliminate that, start today. The other thing we must do, they argue, is clear the human mind of all the clutter from the past. Breaking from the past and family. Breaking from the past and family means breaking from tradition, customs, institutions, religion, and therefore requires that communist indoctrination replace education. This is why in China and other places, they are so hell-bent on closing down churches. But you will say, they write, we destroy the most hallowed of relations when we replace home education by social education. And your education is not that also social and determined by social conditions under which you educate by the intervention, direct or indirect, of society by means of schools, etc.? In other words, even you teaching your own kids, the problem is you're teaching them things you learned before. We need a clean slate. They write, the communists have not invented the intervention of society and education. They do but seek to alter the character of that intervention and to rescue education from the influence of the ruling class, from you. 
the bourgeois claptrap, this is them, about the family and education, about the hallowed correlation of parent and child, become all the more disgusting as by the action of modern industry, all family ties among the proletarians are torn asunder and their children transformed into simple articles of commerce and instruments of labor. You understand Bernie Sanders buys every syllable of this, right? What else does the history of ideas prove than that intellectual production changes its character in proportion as material production is changed? The ruling ideas of each age have ever been the ideas of its ruling class. So again, we must destroy the family. We must change the education system into indoctrination system. We must break the idea of individuality, private property rights, and we must create this utopia on earth called communism. And Marx and Engels could not have been clearer. There are besides eternal truths, they write, such as freedom, justice, etc., that are common to all states of society, but communism abolishes eternal truths. It abolishes all religion, all morality, instead of constituting them on a new basis. It therefore acts in contradiction to all past historical experience. The history of all past society has consisted in the development of class antagonisms that assume different forms at different epochs, and therefore they say we must destroy. This is why communism is so violent. This is why communism is so impoverishing. Everything must go. The healthcare system has to go. The energy system has to go. The immigration system has to go. The tax system has to change. All history, therefore, is the history of class struggle. And they write, but whatever form they may have taken, one fact has come into all past ages, the exploitation of one part of society by the other. No wonder, then, that the social consciousness of past ages, despite all the multiplicity and variety it displays, moves within certain common forms or general ideas, which cannot completely vanish except in the total disappearance of class antagonism. Do you hear these communist professors on TV all the time talking about this and in the, the context of race? You can never get rid of racism. Ever. The communist revolution is the most radical rupture with traditional property relations. No wonder there is development. Its development involves the most radical rupture with traditional ideas. And you can see why those who are radical into the identity politics movement and the, and the separatist movement based on race, why they find Marxism so appealing. Let us destroy the world created by the plantation owners. Let us destroy the world created by the slave owners at the uh, Second Continental Congress and beyond. Let us destroy the history of the United States. Let us change it all. Why are we bound by what came before? Why are we bound by the Declaration, the progressives argue? Why are we bound by the Constitution, the progressives argue? Why are we bound by our own imperfect history? Let's start all over again. Forget about individuality and unalienable rights and so forth. 
The proletariat will rise up in a working class revolution, they argued, and replace the bourgeois, the ruling class. It will, quote, use its political supremacy to wrest by degrees all capital from the bourgeoisie, to centralize all instruments of production in the hands of the state. Of the proletariat organized as the ruling class. You know, after the Russian Revolution, you know what Lenin said? Okay, we've had our communist revolution, now how do we govern? Marx didn't tell us. Marx didn't tell us. How do we govern? More when I return. Mark Lovin. I want to thank our sponsor, Hillsdale College, for all they do to try and maintain the greatness of America. You know, most colleges have enough trouble maintaining the greatness on their own campuses, and they have declined. And they have fallen into cultural rot, not Hillsdale College. It's a special place. And now they reach out to all citizens of the country to spread the word of liberty, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, capitalism, all the great things that make America what she is today. And now that Congress is under new leadership, it already seems to be on a mission to thwart our liberty, doesn't it? Yours and mine. But too many representatives don't know how to preserve liberty, and too many of them don't care. We call them progressives, but I'm not interested in the progressives. I'm interested in you, we the people. It's up to we the people to retain what we have earned and to retain what we have received from our founding fathers. And our founding fathers counted on we the people to hold our government in check. And being able to do that means understanding the proper role of Congress. That's why for a limited time, my good friends at Hillsdale have brought their powerful online course on the history and proper role of Congress back, absolutely free, to equip all of us to know what we should expect of our Congress. Hillsdale is on a mission to restore liberty like the rest of us. And you can take their excellent online course for free for a limited time. Sign up today for this critical course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Learn how Congress used to work and why it doesn't anymore. Learn about liberty, the Declaration, the Constitution. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. When I got into radio, I never thought, I never dreamt that I would be spending most of my time defending liberty. Defending Americanism. Defending the Constitution. Did you, Mr. Producer? Every single day. Because if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Or who's going to do it the way I do it anyway? Every single day, we are under assault. Every single day, we lose more of our liberty. We don't live under a government anymore. Our liberty is expanded, God forbid. Where we're free to do more and more things. We're less free every single day. And in the name of the people, they're stealing our freedom. In the name of the people, they're stealing our property, our wealth. In the name of the people, they're bullying us around. They're pushing us around. I feel like there's a student government thing going on up there on Capitol Hill. The student government's out of control, and now they're deciding what they're going to do with your car, your house, your business, your workplace. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, 
now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. Now, Russia collusion doesn't seem to be an issue anymore. Two years of this from the media. Two years of Russia collusion. Two years. They lie to the American people. They frustrate the American people. Two years. They're promoting. Banking on collusion with Russia. Nothing. Nothing. Their favorite hero today. You know, any port in a storm with the media, if it's a porn actress, they'll grab onto her. If it's the porn actress's lawyer, they'll grab onto him. If it's some uh, nonfiction book with a fiction writer, they'll grab onto that. Whatever works, they're grabbing onto McCabe. McCabe, who led a coup effort, and they treat him like a uh, conquering hero. And now, of course, the Democrats control these committees, so they have these uh, hearings behind closed doors in pot-smoke-filled rooms. And uh, then they say, wow, you should have heard what we got. I mean, we got him now. You should hear this. We got Trump. And the media fall in line like the Rockettes, dancing right across the stage. Left foot, left, right foot, right. Turn left, turn right. That's what they are. That's what they do. So thanks to a great website, the Washington Free Beacon, I want you to listen to this montage of media clowns. Cut one, go. It's a very, very explosive hearing. Michael Cohen delivers explosive testimony. Potentially explosive. Explosive day here on the Hill. His testimony revealing explosive. Yes, it's explosive. There are some explosive claims. Explosive hearing. Today's hearing was explosive. Michael Cohen's explosive testimony. Explosive. 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 As explosive as it gets. Explosive testimony. Explosive testimony. Explosive testimony. That explosive testimony. Explosive. Nine hours, and we expect another explosive day of explosive claims. That is a rather explosive allegation. Truly explosive public testimony, pretty explosive uh, material. One explosive revelation after another. Explosive claims. Explosive allegations. Explosive testimony. Explosive public testimony. Explosive after his explosive. An explosive chain of events. Very explosive. I suspect it's going to become even more explosive. It's explosive, don't you know, ladies and gentlemen? And the media have no idea what they're talking about. None of us do. What explosive testimony? Behind closed doors, he didn't say anything explosive in front of closed doors. He basically said that there was no collusion. I told you I'm writing this book, right? I told you I'm actually excited about this book. I write till 3 in the morning. I get up at 7 in the morning or so. I'm right back at it. I'll be working on it. Most of the weekend. I'm very close to telling you what it's about, but I've been told I'm not allowed to do that. But I think it's going to be explosive, 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 explosive. I think it'll be an explosive book. Because we're going to get to the bottom of things, you and I. Just remember this, the First Amendment belongs to us doesn't belong to any of these media companies. 
free speech, freedom of the press, that belongs to us. The reason that's in there is for us. Not for Jim Acosta, not for Jake Tapper, not for Rachel Maddow or Chris Matthews. That's there for us, you and me. Now there's this guy, Dan Abrams. Now he pretends he's not a left-wing Democrat hack, but he's a left-wing Democrat hack. Maybe you've seen his stupid show on cable. Uh, he is the ABC, what is he? He is a, uh, a legal analyst, I think, for ABC News and Good Morning America. He also runs this left-wing kook site called Mediaite, and I link to it now and then just to show you that it is a left-wing kook site. It is constant. Hey, Trump. And that should tell you plenty right there. ABC News uses this guy to provide legal analysis, much like this fool Tubin on CNN. Not providing legal analysis. They're on the attack. And here's the irony. You're going to have Dan Abrams, a liberal Democrat, being interviewed by George Stephanopoulos. And you know all about his pedigree. You know all about who this jerk is and what he did to women defending Bill Clinton. It's amazing how he made the transition into the media, isn't it? Both of them. Cut to go. Meantime, one of the things we're seeing right now, coming out of the Cohen hearing on Wednesday, many more investigations now spawned on Capitol. We're really heading into a new phase here. Oh, Michael Cohen's testimony created a roadmap. Now, I think that they knew that this was going to happen, right? This isn't some shock that, oh, my goodness, Michael Cohen came in and suddenly there's this roadmap. But as you listen to him, you see the tentacles of the investigations. You see what was just a state New York investigation now becoming a foundation. let's, let's, Let's just stop it right there. I mean, let me ask you folks a question. Most of you aren't lawyers, but you have a lot of common sense. Michael Cohen has been interrogated for hours and hours and hours by the Southern District of New York. He's been interrogated by Mueller's office, the special counsel's office, for hours and hours and hours and hours. So suddenly he's going to tell Congress things he didn't tell the prosecutors, and suddenly we now have a roadmap. We now have a roadmap, ladies and gentlemen. Meanwhile, they charged him, and he's going to prison. They charged him, and he's going to prison. But the media are ecstatic. They're hoping. They thought they had the Russia collusion. They thought they had uh, a Russia conspiracy. They, they thought they had uh, Trump on obstruction. They thought they had this. They thought they had that. Oh, there was the meeting at Trump Tower. And, there was this, uh, and now it's none of that. Now there's a new roadmap. A new roadmap. A whole new GPS thing going on here. Because we got Michael Cohen. We had the porn star, we had the porn star's lawyer, we had the, the author, we had the psychologist, we had uh, this one, we had, now we have Michael Cohen. Now, this lawyer, Dan Abrams, not once does he burp out his concern about attorney-client privilege and now how Congress is abusing the president's attorney-client privilege and confidentiality. Because it's Trump, they want to destroy Trump. They believe mass murderers and terrorists should have due process rights. But the President of the United States, no. He's the worst. He's got to be taken out. Go ahead. Investigation. You see federal investigations with regard to Mueller in the Southern District of New York now becoming congressional. But again, what does that need- mean? You now see federal investigations with regard to Mueller in the Southern District of New York now becoming congressional. And you notice how excited he is? 
He's orgasmic. His toupee's about to pop off the top of his head. He's thrilled. He's excited. They're all, all uh, you notice the extra, the extra step these people are taking in the media. They're just so excited. They're hopping and skipping. Go ahead. The last thing Congress would want to do for those who want this investigation to continue is to step on the criminal investigations because there's going to be real concern on the part of the federal authorities. Please don't investigate this exactly at the same time as we are. Investigate what? So now you see, the door has been opened, ladies and gentlemen. I know this is true because I heard the Atlantic City Orca, Chris Christie, who's now back in favor. He's all over my favorite cable channel, Fox. He's all over everywhere, spewing his brilliance and his donuts and everything else. Nobody listened to him, you see, or none of this would be going on, you know, like Bridgegate and so forth. None of, he left office in New Jersey. His poll numbers were in the toilet. But now he's back, ladies and gentlemen. And he's really good. No, he's not. He's a big mouth slob. Big mouth slob. But that's not my point. We now have a roadmap for Democrat investigations, you see. Now they want Trump's children and their financial information. President of the United States and his lawyers must do what I suggest. Or they're going to get butchered. They must say no. No to my children. No to our private finances. I'll see in the Supreme Court. There's no Michael Cohen, uh, Cohen roadmap. There's no roadmap here. They were always going to go after the president, his family, and their finances. They're being spurred on by the media. They're not even the media. What the hell should we call these people? Something else. They're being prodded and encouraged. Because, because George Stephanopoulos, clearly an objective reporter. Dan Abrams, definitely, you heard him. Uh, absolutely. He, he's, a, he's, a, he's an objective reporter, too. Yeah, they just want to get the facts. And, you know, and, and now we have a roadmap. Thanks to the multiple felonious uh, Michael Cohen. Yeah, now, now we have a roadmap. Yeah, yeah, roadmap. Explosive, 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 explosive. Russia collusion. Ah, shut up. We're on to something else now. Jim Himes. This is another low life. He's from Connecticut. Democrat, you might guess. And he's on the program of a low life called Morning Joe. What a clever title. Morning Joe. Oh. They used to have a play on words. The Morning Joe. You know what? You understand? Coffee. Morning Joe. Isn't he? He's something in this beautiful bride, Mika, there. And yes, yes, yes. Say, Joe. Yes. Cut three. Go. The fact remains that there are at least four or five areas where there is very credible evidence that the president committed very serious crimes. Look, now, 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 there's so serious these crimes, we don't know if there's four areas or five areas, but there are four or five areas where there's credible evidence. 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 That the president has committed serious crimes. Now, let me tell you something. This is even low for Joe Scarpa on MSNBC to bring on this snake oil salesman. 
and to make allegations like this. You know, Matt Geitz, who I really like, the conservative congressman from Florida, he's under attack. He's under attack from the Florida bar. He's under attack from the Democrats. He's under attack by Rick Scott, his own senator. He's under attack. It's amazing to me how Republicans conduct themselves when their own people are under attack because he, he suggested that Michael Cohen, before his testimony, uh, had, had had affairs or something to that kind. And they say he tried to intimidate a witness. I got to sit here and listen and you do every damn day. Day in and day out about racists and white supremacists and Hitler and Stalin. And this guy's a criminal and that guy's a criminal and this is that and this is this. And meanwhile, they're going to go after Matt Getz. What kind of tyranny are we living under, ladies and gentlemen? Because it's some kind of tyranny. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Americans are sleeping less than ever. Even though lack of sleep ruins your performance and impacts your relationships. It's time to improve every aspect of your life. By getting the best sleep of your life on a brand new set of ball and branch sheets. Have you gotten these yet? The softest, most comfortable, 100% pure organic cotton sheets in the world. Hundreds of thousands of Americans sleep better thanks to ball and branch. And they're the only sheets loved by three U.S. presidents. More important than that, hundreds of thousands of other Americans, including the Levin family. All their products, from the signature soft sheets to the cozy throw blankets to their push towels, are made the right way. Not the easy way, the right way. They're naturally derived products made with the highest level of craftsmanship. Every Listen to this. Every purchase comes with a 30-day risk-free trial. You have absolutely nothing to lose. Get $50 off your first set of sheets, plus free shipping at BowlandBranch.com with promo code MARK. That's B-O-L-L and Branch.com, promo code MARK for 50 bucks off. BowlandBranch.com, promo code MARK. I really want you to try these. My shade said, well, come on, let's move on. We got, I really want you to try these. They're totally different. They feel great. It's risk-free, 30 days risk-free. So I want you to check it out, seriously. B-O-L-L and branch.com, branch.com and use promo code Mark and you get 50 bucks off, all right? So now we have, uh, did we do the Scarborough one? I don't think we did. We only did a minute. So let's take it for this. Jim Himes uh, from Connecticut, everybody. Jim Himes. And the morning schmo. Go ahead. The fact remains that there are at least four or five areas where there is very credible evidence that the president committed very serious crimes. No, there's not. No, no, there's not. No, not evidence of that whatsoever. Go ahead. America can, saw can, can a you, signed can you, can a you name? Can you name the first, just name name one or two of those that would be grounds, if not in this Congress, let's just say generically grounds for another Congress. Uh, another what the time. hell is this lame brain rambling on about? Go ahead. 
in, in a galaxy uh, long, long ago and far, far away. I had too many mimosas there, pal. <laughs> That's the bride. Go ahead. One, Michael Cohen so, showed checks that the president wrote while he was president to reimburse mm-hmm. Michael Cohen for paying hush money to a porn star. Uh, did it in, apparently while he was president in the White House. Remember, we impeached one president back in the 1990s uh, for having an illicit affair and lying about it. This no, no, we didn't. You, you complete moron. He was impeached for obstructing a legal case and suborning perjury. A serious matter. This whole business about paying the porn star or other women. Matters that were uh, that took place before the president of the United States became president of the United States. Nothing untoward happening in the Oval Office, by the way. He's not a Kennedy, after all. He's not a Johnson. Uh, and he's not a Clinton. But that said, for the four billionth time, That is not a campaign violation, certainly not a serious crime. And if the Southern District of New York files one of these political cases against the president at some point, should he leave office, they will lose. They will lose. But the media won't care. They'll do it like Russia collusion. Next thing, you see his taxes? Look at that. Look at the deduction for that. Look at that. So they bring this this half-wit. They bring this halfwood in. Go ahead. Apparently, an illicit, and I'm saying allegedly because, you know, we haven't actually had impeachment proceedings or a trial. Had an illicit affair. Oh, I'm so it. excited. Yeah, we haven't had impeachment hearings or a trial. We're working on it. Don't worry. We're there. We're just waiting for the report. We had all this kind of stuff going on. Oh, yeah. We, are they all hopped up on cocaine or something? Pot is legal in D.C., isn't it, Mr. Producer? You know these things. I think it is. I, I, I think it is. It is. Who said that, Richie? Guns knows. Guns knows all about pot. I think pot is legal in D.C. And I think these fools are smoking away in the back of the smoke-filled room or the marijuana smoke-filled rooms with these uh, potheads. So anyway, you see, what a serious crime. Serious crimes, ladies and gentlemen. Serious crimes. Well, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, serious crimes. Russia collusion. No, no, we're not talking about Russian collusion. No, no, we're talking about serious crimes now. All right, I'll be right back. With the daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickhouseLevin.com, that's BrickhouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN.
Finn Show, where we create the talking points. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow morning, 10.15 Eastern Time, for about a half hour, I will be on the stage at CPAC being brutally questioned, Mr. Producer, being cross-examined by my wife, who will be asking me questions about various issues and so forth. We did this last year. Uh, the people that be at CPAC loved it. They asked us to come back this year, so we are. And then, about an hour later, maybe two, give or take, the President of the United States will be speaking. So that's going to be really fun. That's tomorrow morning at CPAC. Those of you who want to attend, you got to go online and take a look if you still can. And it's a lot of fun. You know what's a lot of fun? Being around people who think like you do. I don't mean zombies. I mean who share what Americans used to share without even saying it. Love of country. That's the bottom line. You know, if there's one thing we've seen over the past few weeks, we cannot let the run-amuck media run amuck unchecked. There's never been a more important time for shows like Levin TV and the Blaze TV network to expose and fight back against media leftism, media propaganda that undermines this republic. If you've been watching Levin TV, I've been on now three years. Actually, next week will be the beginning of my fourth year. You know exactly what I'm talking about. We're here for the long haul. You've seen the way we're able to cover stories or even get into history, philosophy, economics, the culture. We do things the radical kook ideological media will never do. And, of course, we talk about them, too. That's why you need to get our whole network at Blaze TV, which includes Levin TV. And we've made this very affordable, even for my listeners who are on fixed incomes. You can get an entire year of the entire Blaze TV network, including Levin TV, for only $7.50 a month while you use promo code Levin. And for a limited time, you can go to blazetv.com slash Levin, blazetv.com slash L-E-V-I-N, and you can start a free trial of Blaze TV with no commitments and no risk, a free trial. Again, that's blazetv.com slash Levin, or you can give us a call, of course, at 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. You'll never miss an episode of Levin TV, and you'll never miss the stories that aren't being covered by the left-wing media, including our talk about the left-wing media. So I hope you'll join us. We're a very large and growing community of patriots over there. 844-LEVIN-TV or blazetv.com. Slash Levin. And I know you're going to love it. We work very hard over there. And don't forget Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. That's right. Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern. It's the toughest slot in TV. Just like the slot I'm in on radio is the toughest slot in talk radio. And I love it. And I love it because we make it work thanks to you. 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. We have Brandon Strzok. It's spelled Straka, but he said it's 
pronounced Strzok. Now, this is a fascinating young man. He was a Democrat. He is gay. But now he's conservative, Republican, Trump supporter. Turned around in about 18 months. Why? What was it? And he began this walkaway movement. He's the one who started it. He put out a video. It went viral. It was about six minutes long. Telling people, particularly minorities, walk away from the Democrat Party. And so I thought, this gentleman has a lot of guts and obviously a lot of smarts. And I thought more and more people should be exposed to his thinking and to his wisdom. And he is a wise young man. So I think you'll enjoy it, which is why I'm doing this show and why I have these guests. I think you will. All right, Mr. Producer, give me some calls. Give me a good call. If we have a lib, give me a lib. If we don't, then we don't. John, Orange County. Uh, Chuck, did you say? Sean, Chuck, John, whatever. Okay, whatever. 20 seconds. With, uh, if I can just say something real quick. So, First of all, you're talking really relaxed. You sound like uh, Mr. Himes from uh, Connecticut. Okay, so... We've, the whole Russia thing is not over. We have Paul Manafort in court documents meeting with Kalibnik in the cigar bar. We have nothing. Uh, Paul Manafort hasn't been charged with anything related to the Russia collusion in the campaign. But it's in the court documents. Sir, Trump- sir, can you tell me if he's been charged with a crime related to that? It's in, that's why we have to wait for Mueller to finish his report. No, no, we don't have to wait for Mueller to finish his report to tell us whether Manafort's been charged with a crime that you suggest. Why would we wait for the report? He does that talking in the courtroom. No, but I, I, why, why, are you, why are you sleezing around? I'm you know exactly what I'm talking about. Nobody, pay attention, I'm educating you, and I'm using short words. Nobody has been charged with anything related to Russian collusion. He met with a Russian operative in a cigar bar. I don't care if he met with a Russian operative in a cigar bar. He didn't meet with Alger Hiss. Alger Hiss wasn't advising him. He didn't pass uh, sweet messages on to the KGB like Ted Kennedy. What are you so worked up about, sir? He gave 60 pages of polling data that could have been used for microtargeting. Do you know that was a false story? That's not a false story. You, sir, that was a false story. That story was demonstrated to be false. No, it's Get out the phone, you idiot, you moron. Sitting there in your underwear in your mother's basement with your tank top. I can just hear this. He doesn't want to hear facts. Remember that, Mr. Producer, was a false story. Never happened. But they want it to happen. That's the point. I can only take so much, folks. This isn't MSNBC. This isn't mental patient radio like they had mental patient TV. In fact, they ought to take an entire yellow tape, a crime tape, and wrap it around that MSLSD and CNN with all the morons who are there. All right, let's continue, shall we? Kevin, Woodbridge, New Jersey, the great w, uh, WABC, go. Mr. Levin, it's an honor. It's, it's been very difficult to get through to you. Well, um, thank you. You and the Martians can't get I, through to me. <laughs> I, listen to you, I listen to you every time you're on in my break. Thank you. What do you do? You're in your break. Uh, well, I'm, I, 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 want, I knew I was going to hit a dead spot, so I pulled my rig over. So oh, I man, a truck driver. We love our truck drivers here. Yes. Um, first of all, I, I'd like to start off by saying I was listening one night when you were talking about your mom, and I wanted to give my condolences. She sounded like a wonderful woman. Oh, she was tremendous. In fact, this is two weeks from the funeral. I think about it constantly. My mother and father. Anyway, go right ahead. I'm sorry. 
Uh, okay. So, you know, I, I'm only 51, and I... I well, sir, you back. sound like you're only 50 to me. <laughs> yeah. So I, I've watched documentaries on uh, on the generation that grew up during World War II mm-hmm. and um, what they went through and, and how they actually saved the country. And I think of what we have now, and would you agree with me if we were to go back in time with what we have now to back to then, that we'd be either speaking German or Japanese right now? I am very worried about it. We have the volunteers who are as brave as any soldiers we've ever had in America. But I'm very, very worried about it, to be perfectly honest with you. I think the Democrat Party and the media and our school systems have really kind of undermined the American spirit and, and in many ways our strength. And if people really think America is racist, America is horrible and so forth, I mean, fewer and fewer of them are going to want to fight for America. So I worry about it a lot, yes, to answer your question. The, the, the other thing I, I wanted to um, talk about is uh, the, how we're starting to hear a lot about re- retribution. Um, speaking of, of uh, World War II, I don't think any um, race has suffered more than the, the, the Jews. Or the oh, you Cola. mean reparations. Yeah, go ahead. So, yeah. I, I don't think anybody suffered more than the Jews or the Polacks or any of those. No, no, Polish. 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 Go ahead. That's what I meant to say. Yes. I'm sorry. Um, and, uh, you know, we have what we have now. That it, they, they want and want and want. And, uh, All right. All right. No, no, no. I don't think they want and want and want. I think there are politicians who play the race game, who want to create jealousies, who want to create hate and animosity, This is how they divide us against ourselves. This is how they get people upset and get them to the polls. This is a typical ploy of the Democrat Party. They've been doing it since the existence of the Democrat Party. So it's not that they want and want and want. I don't see any great groundswell from anybody for reparations. I see this thing being introduced into the body politic by the slip-and-fall politicians. Thank you for your call, sir. All right, let's see. Adam. Los Angeles, California, the great KRLA country, live and national, Adam. Go ahead. Um, actually, I want to say yesterday, you did make a comment yesterday about reparations and how it seemed as if you were trying to say that African Americans shouldn't even be asking for a reconciliation for the history that we've dealt with. for First of all, years. sir, sir, I never said anything about African Americans. I said the Democrat Party should pay reparations. Why are you trying to put words in my mouth? Democrat Party should pay for reparations? America should pay for reparations. No, no, no. America shouldn't pay for reparations. The Democrat Party should pay for reparations. May I ask you this, then? There were a lot... Sir, will you listen to me a second, or you just want to run off? Let's have a conversation. There were an awful lot of Americans who opposed slavery. You aware of that? Are you aware of that? Oh, I wouldn't know if you were talking... Yeah, uh, there there were some Americans... No, there weren't some. There were a lot. They fought a civil war. Awful lot of Americans lost their lives fighting to maintain the Union, to eliminate what the South was doing in, the, in terms of slavery. And right after the Civil War, those same uh, politicians who were backing the uh, uh, Civil War in Congress, they proposed and passed the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments. So a lot of Americans who opposed slavery, a lot of Americans who fought against slavery, white, black, and in between. So America doesn't owe anybody anything. The institution in this country that perpetuated slavery and even after the Civil War perpetuated segregation 
Plessy versus Ferguson is a p- typical case in the Supreme Court and perpetuated Jim Crow laws right into the right into the 50s and 60s in this country was the Democrat Party. The Klan was an offspring of the Democrat Party. In 1924, the Klan had major representation at Madison Square Garden at the Democrat Convention where they were fighting over whether to put a plank put a plank in their convention against lynching. Are you aware of any of this? Yes, I'm also aware of it. Now, can I see my point now, sir? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, thank you. So let's also remember that that was a time and change when Repo- Republicans were Democrats and Democrats were Republicans. No, they weren't. Okay. I've heard, this, I've heard this line, too. You're talking about the South. All those Democrats turned Republican. That's not what happened. You had a new generation in the South. The old generation died off. Didn't Republicans, there wasn't Republicans, uh, Democrats deciding to turn Republican. That whole generation pretty much is gone. Mark, you have a, a new generation and a younger generation in the South who are Republicans. Mark. What is it? Listen, Mark, listen, this, this, is what I, this is what I have to say. If you want me to respect the Holocaust, respect what happened to us. I don't respect the Holocaust. Who respects I, the Holocaust? The issues that the Jews went through, I respect the fact that they went through that. And I would like to say for my people. I don't speak for all the Jews, and you don't speak for all of your people. You know and, by the, and, by, and, by, and by the way, Adam, I just want you to understand. I come on this show, and I attack slavery, because any decent, righteous human being should. I attack it, attack it, attack it. But it's important to lay the blame where the blame belongs. I do not speak for the 10% of the blacks who voted for Trump. You're right. You don't speak for any group of blacks. You speak for yourself. Okay, you, well, just like... You're an individual, Adam. Okay, sir. Just well, listen, as I am. Sir, listen. All I'm trying to tell you is this, man. If you want... Let me, let, what, what, let me ask you this. What in American yeah. history has there been any form of reconciliation of slavery, of the 100 years of Jim Crow, and in the 50 years that we're dealing with it since? Like I'm, I'm, I'm not... Uh, slow down now. I'm not understanding your question. I said, what form... In history of reconciliation, has America done for the years of slavery, the 150 years of slavery, the 100 plus years of Jim Crow, and now the 50 years that we've dealt with after Jim Crow? Where has it been? Let me ask you something, Adam. Is there Jim Crow in the country today? Is there slavery in the country today? Is there segregation in the country today? Yes or no? Yes, redlining, for example. Okay, redlining, right, right. I asked you a specific question Is there or isn't there? No there, no, there isn't, as a matter of fact. There is not systemic racism. There's not systemic anything in this country. It's against the law. It's against federal law. It's against state law, as it should be, and it violates the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendments to the Constitution of the United States. You ask about reconciliation? That's what reconciliation is all about. And here's another thing, Adam. We have what's called in this country liberty. You today are free to do whatever you want. Do whatever you want, Adam. Look at Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein? What the, where, 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 where are you pulling in weird stuff he, like that for? No, let, <clears throat> let me explain. He is white. I'm going to hold you over, okay? Because I kind of like you. So hold on a second, all right? We'll be right back. Love in.
You know, my friends at X-Chair are at it again. They're at it again. Constantly tinkering to make an already superior product. And it's true. I know, because I have it. Even better. So that you can work in even more comfort and be that much more productive. I really want you to listen to me on this. You can now enhance your X-Chair's performance and protect your floors with incredible X-Wheel Blade casters. Now, those of you who don't have this X-Chair, I want you to listen anyway. These urethane wheels are driven by smooth butter, whisper-quiet ball bearings, and they're built to last. As if the X-Chair isn't comfortable enough, now you can add a set of X-Wheels and take your performance to the next level. Take advantage, folks, of X-Chair's new financing option and pay as little as $30 per month. Those of you who don't have one, you really ought to jump in. We're making it as easy as possible to have the greatest chair, I'm telling you. Seriously, for less than the cost of a daily cup of coffee, you can take your comfort and productivity into the stratosphere by getting yourself an X-Chair. X-Chair is on sale right now for $100 off. Here's what you do. Give us a call, one 844 4 xchair or go to X-Chair, what is it, xchairlevin.com, xchairlevin.com. Or one eight four 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 extra. Now, extra comes with a thirty day no questions asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. That's xchairlevin dot com, or call us at eight four 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 extra. Now, either way, make sure you use code Levin and mention X wheels too, and you'll get those free wonderful wheels. But the key is to get the chair, and they're prepared to finance the chair for you. Nobody else does that. And this is a top of the line. This is a technologically superior chair in every way. It's incredibly comfortable. Mr. Producer, open your microphone. You and I had a talk about this the other day, didn't we? I love this X chair. And I love my X chair. And I have a little bit of a disc problem in my lower left back, the L5 area. I had the herniated disc, L5-S1. You had an L5-S1? And you like the X chair, too. I'm telling you, it's true. All right, ladies and gentlemen, one eight four 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 x chair or xchairlevin.com, 100 bucks off. I strongly encourage you to get it. We have a whole hour left. Don't go. Where are you going? Don't go anywhere. Adam might call back. I'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Bloomberg.com. I've been talking about this, but this is actually more extensive by Greg Stoer. Chief Justice John Roberts is showing a new willingness to side with the U.S. Supreme Court's liberal wing after the divisive confirmation fight over Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Roberts joined the liberals Wednesday in two rulings that left the conservatives in dissent. Most notably, he cast the deciding vote to take a new look at the mental competence of a death row inmate who says he can't remember the crimes he committed. The votes had to an unmistakable pattern, offering fresh indications that Roberts is in no hurry to oversee a conservative legal revolution. We're not ta- Look, we're not talking about a conservative legal revolution. We're talking about constitutional conservatives upholding the Constitution. The Chief Justice has also joined five to four orders that blocked President Trump from curbing bids for asylum at the Mexican border and stopped Louisiana from enforcing new abortion restrictions. Five to four, and he's the fifth vote. I am so sick of these dishonest, deceitful, dishonorable individuals who wind up on the Supreme Court, who lie their way into getting nominated by a Republican-slash-conservative president, and then look at them. Look at this guy. He gave us Obamacare. Obama didn't give us Obamacare. Pelosi didn't. John Roberts did. Chief Justice Roberts' voting pattern this year reflects a change, said Josh Blackman, a professor at the South Texas College of Law in Houston. Well, that's a biggie. It's too early to say whether the votes mark the beginning of a lasting shift or merely a pause on the court's anticipated move to the right after Kavanaugh's, Kavanaugh's confirmation to succeed the retired Justice Anthony Kennedy. And let me tell you, you're going to be disappointed with Kavanaugh, too. He'll do some good things. They always do. But you're going to see he's not what his supporters in the Bush administration said he was. You'll see. It's just a matter of time, unfortunately. Since being appointed in 2005 by Republican President George W. Bush, Robert 64 has established himself as a solid conservative, though usually one inclined toward incremental change. Solid conservative. Who was the fifth vote in Obamacare. How is that a solid conservative in any respect? But what do you expect? It's Bloomberg. Now, let's see here. The biggest. Let's see. From 2005 through the end of 2016-17 term, Roberts had provided the fifth vote for a liberal outcome. The case argued before the Supreme Court only four times. According to Adam Feldman, creator of EmpiricalScotus.com, which tracks Supreme Court trends. The biggest was Roberts' 2012 vote to uphold the Affordable Care Act, a decision that embittered conservatives. See how they write this? It's always about politics. Of course we're embittered, but it had no constitutional basis. It was the Roe v. Wade of health care. Abortion and asylum. Roberts has done that three times in the year and a half since that 12-year period. And that doesn't include the other ruling Wednesday when Kavanaugh joined Roberts and the liberals inciting with a criminal defendant who said his lawyer ignored his request to file an appeal. I don't know how many more presidents have to nominate how many more individuals to the Supreme Court 
hoping that they're people with integrity, and yet they lie. They lie to get on the court, and then when they're on the court, this is what they do. This is what they do. Really quite awful, Chief Justice. Is it Chief Schmo? I'm sorry, did I offend? Now, this Michael Cohen, you may have heard some rumblings of this. He actually pitched a book claiming that Trump was not a liar. Right before he was investigated for being a liar. That is Cohen. This is in the Daily Mail. You would never find CNN breaking this story or MSLSD or the New York Slimes or the Washington Compost or any of them. An American paper would never break this. They're too busy championing Michael Cohen as if he's the latest Stormy Daniels. And in many ways he is. Exclusive. Daily Mail. Crazy, dumb, paranoid liar. These things have been said about my boss. None of it's true. Inside Michael Cohen's $750,000 book deal and how he pitched a proposal praising Trump just weeks before the FBI raided his office. Yes, I predict he will be a, uh, a contributor to uh, CNN or MSLSD, much like the fat slob Carl Bernstein or that little putrid you-know-what uh, John Dean. Got a real clown show going on over there. Then they have these headline bullets. Michael Cohen has turned on Trump now, but just weeks before the FBI raided the office of the president's longtime personal attorney, he pitched a book proposal. Cohen wanted to paint Trump in a positive light, starting off the proposal by saying the president is not crazy, dumb, paranoid, in over his head, or a liar. No, but Nancy is. He promised chapters on both First Lady Melania Trump and Trump's children, as well as the unfortunate saga of Stormy Daniels. He sent his book to several potential publishers, and one, Hatchet, is that how you pronounce it? Whatever. Reportedly was willing to pay him 750 I'm getting underpaid here. $750,000. Let me ask you, Mr. Rue, what do you think a bench warmer gets paid in basketball or baseball these days? Millions, right? Millions. In the proposal, Cohen said his most important job in his role as special counsel to the Trump organization was looking out for Mr. Trump and his family. You know what a lawyer is going to do to Mr. Cohen with this stuff? Should there be a civil suit? The now disbarred attorney said his role mostly took place behind the scenes. The 52-year-old writes, no issue is too big, too sticky, or too oddball for me to tackle. I saw it all, handled it all, and I still do. In testimony to Congress yesterday, Cohen admitted to working out hush money pay. Why do they keep calling this hush money? These are non-disclosure agreements, ladies and gentlemen. Members of Congress have signed many of them. Every company in America has signed them as a condition for people to leave and get severance and so forth. It's not hush money. Hush money suggests something illegal. You know, something like the Clintons would do. The deal with the publisher eventually fell apart after Cohen was charged with the crimes. Yeah, I bet. That will now land him in prison for three. But he'll be able to write a new book, Mr. Producer. About his time in prison, don't you think? It'll be a great book. He can talk about eating at the cafeteria. He can talk about showering. He can talk about all kinds of stuff while he's in prison. Do you think he'll flip in prison, Mr. Producer? 
You, you understand what I'm talking about? You think he will flip in prison? What do you think, folks? You think he'll flip in prison? What do you think I'm thinking, folks? No, 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 not that kind of flip. Well, actually, yes, that's exactly what I meant. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Listen to the other contempt and disrespect this crowd of uh, Democrat clowns has the President of the United States. First, you're going to hear from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, or AOC, and then Nancy Stretch Pelosi. Cut four, go. If I had to say something to Trump, I probably wouldn't say anything because I don't think that it's worth the extra attention. Mr. President, do the country a favor. Don't run. Oh, who is that? Uh, Mr. President, uh, do the country a favor. Notice how her voice has gotten lower, Mr. Producer. Mr. President, do the country a favor, don't Why don't you do a country a favor? I better not say it. But why don't you do it anyway? Dan, Savannah, Georgia, the great WTKS, go. What's going on, man? I, I'm surprised I even got there, but, uh, hey, listen, you know, I think you are. Wait a minute, what's going on? Let me see here. I'm just doing a radio show. How about you, pal? I know that. I know that. I'm doing good. I can't complain, you know. But uh, the thing is, I think you've got it wrong about teachers and everything else. Every day, yes. you know, we're teaching kids everything you're talking about, you know. Yeah, like what? Well, about fundamentals, about scarcity, about the thing that you had on earlier, about the pencil, the pen. Uh, oh, everybody's being taught that, huh? I was never taught that. Yeah, no, well, maybe you weren't, but that was a long time ago. I don't well, know you just said you everybody's. No, I, I don't agree with you. I hear from people all the time, maybe in your community or maybe in your school. But uh, I, don't even, I don't ever remember being taught about capitalism even in college. And I took a lot of economics courses. Well, you're older, though. So, I'm you know, 61. So what? Fundamentals and prices and markets and, and all no, that. No, 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 no. I didn't talk. See? Very clever teacher. Prices and markets, that applies communism, socialism, feudalism, capitalism. Do you teach capitalism? Those are economic systems. I'm yeah, I'm well aware of it. Do you, I'm well aware of it. We know they're economic systems. Everyone listening knows they're economic systems. But they apply it under, <clears throat> under all circumstances, regardless of what you call the system. It's called supply and demand. Pricing. That's prices and markets. And what is that based on? I don't know. What's it based on? That's based on our economic system. That's how we allocate resources. Do they have prices right. in markets in Venezuela? Not on a first-come, first-served basis. I, I see. That's, I didn't say that, did I? I said, do they have prices in markets in Venezuela? Of course oh, they yeah. do. I mean, That's why, of course they do. So you don't teach capitalism, do you? Huh? You don't teach capitalism. Yeah, we do. Capitalism, yeah, you own stuff. What's Capitalism. Company, you're a capitalist. It's called capital. What is ca- what's capitalism, teacher? Hey, what's capitalism? No, no, no. Actually, the Marx. Capitalism. It's actually Marx who called it capitalism. Capitalism is about a market system. It's about voluntary transactions. It's about commerce and trade. 
That's what it's about. We know about pricing systems and models and all the rest. Do you teach capitalism? The answer is apparently no. Yeah, do you know what a capitalist is? It's when no, you own tell part us. of a company. We own something. You probably don't even know that. No, I don't know that, because I can be a capitalist and not own a company. I right, get off the air. Who is this schlub? Folks, you don't have to be a capitalist to own a company. Many of you are capitalists, and you don't own a company. Maybe you work for a company. Pricing systems apply whether it's a tyranny or whether it's a, 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 a market-driven system. There's still prices. There's still markets. The question is, what kind of a market? So they're not teaching capitalism. Like I thought. Like I thought. And now you don't have to own a company. You don't have to own stock to support capitalism or believe in capitalism. Or to be, even be a capitalist. You can put your money in your mattress. If you have any money. <clears throat> and be a capitalist. You can work for a major company, you can work for a small company and be a capitalist. But even the word capitalist is interesting. That's a, that, uh, Marx called capitalist, capital. You know, in, uh, in, country, in a lot of countries, they, uh, conservatives don't like using that word capitalist. They use market system, free market system, comp- competitive market systems. The founders of this country never even used the word capitalist. Well, we use it today, and I don't mind it. I'm just saying, they're not to... When they start talking over you and repeating themselves, they don't want to have a discussion. That's the problem. I'm sure he's a perfectly lovely man. We talk about pricing systems. Of my, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Pricing systems? Your pricing systems in China. Your pricing systems in Russia. You will always have supply and demand. Whether you have a capitalist system or not. There's supply and demand in Venezuela right now. Great demand and no supply. That's supply and demand. And then you have prices responding to it. That's why they have 40,000% inflation. That's a pricing system. It's not a capitalist system. Those are measurements. Those are realities. It's not a capitalist system. Jeez. I don't know what high school he's teaching at. It makes me nervous, quite frankly. Let us go to Jeff, San Antonio, Texas. How are you listening to us, Jeff? I never heard of that that place. I'm yeah. listening to you on Sirius XM, just like I did uh, when I was in Afghanistan, and I talked to you about three years ago. I remember, years, man. How are you? And then, uh, I got a flag from you. Ago. Yes, you did. Yes, it's, you did. I got and, it uh, framed and on my desk. Good. One day I'll get invited to the bunker. Maybe next year when I see that. <laughs> And I get an invite to the bunker. And nobody, then, uh, nobody comes can, to uh, the bunker. <laughs> Rush Limbaugh comes to the bunker. No, he's never been to the bunker. No. no? Oh, okay. N- nobody. Uh, but maybe okay. you will, because I like yeah. you. You're a good man. You're a patriot. Hey, hey I just wanted to say something to Adam, because uh, uh, he seems like. By the way, it turns out his name's not Adam. It's Sean. Turns out he calls my butt. Who does he call? Dave Webb, who's a buddy of mine, and he makes these foul comments, and apparently Dave Webb has banned him, but at least he, at least he watched his language with me. But I, I was enjoying engaging him, but go ahead. Well, you know, Dave Webb came to my retirement ceremony. And, I do. Uh, He's a good man. He presented me with an award. He's a good man. Yes, he is. Um, what did you want to tell Adam? Yeah, yeah, yeah um, Adam, you know, I owe you anything. 
because of what, what, what your melanin content is. You know, life is the hardest thing you do, and, and it's the longest thing you do. And you, if you go out there and, and act like somebody owes you something, you won't get anywhere. My, uh, my grandfather, my mother's father, was lynched right in front of her oh, in uh, 1939. So she could have taught me and my brothers hate and all this, but she taught us and, her, and my father, because they both grew up in Mississippi, they taught us to go and make something of yourselves. Well, you know, I'm a retired senior officer. Uh, my brother is a uh, consultant. When there's a, a train wreck, the Department of Transportation calls him. And my oldest brother, who was born the same year you were, uh, is a retired postmaster. Mm-hmm. So these are three black kids. All from successful. Yeah. Right. And then nobody told us to be a victim. You'd be a victor. You know, the, 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 the weight, the hard, the eyes on the prize comes through patience and, and trial and error and diligence. Nobody's going to give you anything. You got, you got, everybody's got a talent. And it's up to the individual to mine the ore of his talent to the best of his or her ability. Playing victim is easy. Playing a victor is, is, is hard. You play it on So win. well. So, and you know, Jeff, Shelby Steele on my Fox show, he said, a lot of people don't know what to do with freedom. They just won't accept that they're free and go out and make something of yourself. Because freedom is hard. It's easy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to be a serf or, or a... Uh, um, a Luddite or uh, a person under a communist regime where somebody's thinking for you and telling you what to do, where to go. But freedom, manifest destiny, rugged individualism, those are hard. You know, and even like a, a, a mentor, you pay Milton Friedman and, and Walter Williams and Thomas Sowell, those are economic mentors of mine. Oh, yeah. Metal- Jeff, let me, are you going to be at CPAC? Next year. All right, you make sure you come up and find me, okay? You know I will. Like you did what you did once before. I don't want to miss you. Thank you. We salute you. God bless you. Thank you for your service. That guy is a class act. I'll be right back. Mark Levin says today what the backbenchers will repeat tomorrow. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. That's a truism, boy. Oh, yeah. All right. You know, given that there are so many in Congress, particularly the House of Representatives, who uh, advance socialist policies, it's no wonder the president reminds Americans how it is that freedom improves our lives. Freedom, freedom, freedom. People don't talk about it enough. Now, do they? These so-called progressives might control the House and parts of Congress, that is the Senate, but it's still up to us to control them. Our founding fathers counted on we the people to hold our government in check. And in order to do that, you must know the legal role of Congress. Now, there's a free, easy way to learn the basics. Through most of March, Hillsdale College is offering their free online course on the powers the Constitution gives to Congress and what it doesn't. Hillsdale is on a mission to restore liberty in our great country. So do your part. Let's do our part by registering now to take their excellent course on the Congress for free and then watch it anytime you want. Take it with your book club, your small group, or your kids. You'll learn more in each session, all under an hour, than you ever did in school. And you'll be equipped to hold your congressman accountable. Sign up today for this critical course at levinforhillsdale.com. LevinforHillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. All right.
see who else is out here. Give me a second. All right, here we go. Let us go to Mike, Kansas City, Missouri, the great KCMO. Go. Yeah, Mark. Representative Gates, they, they said he was threatening a witness or intimidating witnesses. Here are the same people that what they did, Michael Flynn, and threatened to go after his son, his family. What they did with their Gestapo raids in the morning on Manafort and Stone, and I'm pretty sure they're at least mentioning something about Manafort's family. But they're at the president's family itself. Let's talk about it. I mean, and, I'm and with they, you, pal. I I, I honestly uh, find this to be pretty pathetic. That now they're trying to take this guy out. I happen to like him. He happens to be a, a rising young star, so they're going to try and hurt him. Remember how they tried to hurt Jim Jordan, came up with that cockamamie stuff about him? And then Mark Meadows is a racist. They try and pick them off one by one the way they try and pick off uh, those of us in talk radio one by one. Have you noticed? Yes, I know. What they do is they use their media, which I've got a name for. We call it Prop the USA because, mm-hmm. I mean, they make Soviets and, you know, a propaganda machine look pale by comparison, in my opinion. All right, my friend. Keep hope alive. Stuart, Sarasota, Florida, Sirius Satellite. Go right ahead, sir. Thank you, Mark, for taking my call. I appreciate everything that you do in this fight to keep us free. Uh, First, I want to go over and say that we desperately need to have a national voters registration card with a thumbprint and a picture uh, mandatory before we go into the next 2020 election. Uh, I want to hear your views on that. And secondly, I want to know your feelings on term limits for these corrupt uh, career politicians that we got to get out of uh, office. It's about time that we finish this 40, 50 years of reign of corrupt uh, politicians like Nancy Pelosi and Schumer and Stick and all of them. And then I have a couple other points. If we well, we got to move along, but I appreciate it. You got quite the agenda. Very good. I like people who think, whether I agree with them 100% or not. Stephen, South Carolina, XM South. So you live in the entire state. How do you do that? Hey, Mark. I'm doing all right. Um, thank you for having me on. I love the show. I listen to you every day. You got um, it. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm 30, so I guess I'd be in that you know, millennial category. And I am also a, a pharmaceutical sales rep, so there's a... You know the war on big pharma right now, but um, you know the CEOs—they always you know tend to you know lambast them on cable TV and everything else, and saying that they're paid, being paid too highly. Um, but you know what I want to comment on is you know I admire you know the CEO of my company. You know this guy built this company from the ground up with three of his neighbors in South Florida, um, and you know now he's doing very well, employs you know hundreds of people, and helps people you know patients all across the United States. So you know people sometimes need to take a step back. It is a business. You do have to turn a profit, but think about all the people that you're helping. And you know, you know, one man's vision, you know, can you know help a lot of people with employment and you know with certain ailments that they're you know struggling with. That's all my comment. You know, you no, no, but you're but but, you but you're right. How do people think people get jobs in this country? Yeah, I mean, the government's going to provide it, right? That's AOC. But if people didn't have jobs, the government wouldn't be providing anybody with anything. I mean, it's the private sector that funds the government. That's why Venezuela is in trouble. They got it the wrong way around. And uh, you want, I mean, I, I make this point all the time. They want to kill the golden goose, but they still want the golden eggs. Well, it doesn't work that way, does it, sir? No, it does not. But no. That's one thing that my parents always taught me. You know, you want something in this life, you go earn it. So, 
I think more people need to take that, you know, take that to heart and apply it every day. Yeah, but people are told day in and day out by politicians in the media that they don't have to. I've never really seen any. We're in a very, very low period here. We really are. And I think a lot of it has to do with these media personalities who want to become celebrities. You got Jim Acosta out there. He's writing a book, uh, which is very bizarre. You're writing a book while you're covering the target of your book. You're supposed to be a journalist for CNN. Nobody finds any conflict or anything unethical about that. I find it. Uh, these people go on uh, to Colbert's show and so forth, like Jake tapped out. He goes over there. Uh, they, they become Hollywood. They go Hollywood. And so they've lost, really, their, uh, I would say, in our eyes, they've lost our respect. It isn't really much of a profession. I mean, what kind of profession? Do they take a test? Do they have to get a license? I mean, you have to pass an IQ uh, test. Or nothing. Nothing. It, it, if, you, if you write for the media, you really have the lowest standards to get into these powerful positions. All right, my friend, I appreciate your call. Excellent call. Who do we have, Mr. Producer? Joe on the Mark Levin app in Los Angeles, California. How are you? We're in the good part of Los Angeles, close to the Reagan Library there. Hey, Mark, uh, very simple. Congressman Matthew Getz, we salute you. Don't you dare apologize. All he did was inquire whether Cohen was lying to his wife about his girlfriend the way he lies about Trump. No, you're not allowed to. Only Trump. You can only look into Trump and only look into Republicans and conservatives. No, 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 no. You don't understand. How can you have witness tampering when it's not a criminal trial? He's already a convicted man. There was no legislative purpose. And by the way, the whole purpose of the of the Mueller of the Mueller prosecution is witness tampering, is jury tainting with those guerrilla Gestapo SWAT team raids on senior citizens, senior citizen communities. And there's, as I say, um, the, the, the 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 actual hearing was such a sham. And here's somebody that's willing to take it to the Democrats. Somebody that you know, you know, it's not only that. You look at the uh, at the hearing for uh, the Supreme Court judge. What's his name? For some Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. And we're going to listen to these people. They trash him. They trash his family. They bring up his his uh, high school yearbook. They go on about gang rape and this. You talk about intimidating somebody and trying to destroy them. And I'm supposed to get upset about this? Mike Gets. How do you, it's how do you pronounce it, Rich? Gates. This Mike Gates, fell. Matt Gates. I'm not upset in the least. I'm not upset in the least. What do you think about that? Give us a hundred Matthew Gates. Give us more of them. If we had more Matthew Gates, we wouldn't have lost that. And they the go to this court. jerk Rick Scott, who was the governor now as a senator. Reminds me of Romney. He said, you know, I don't think I would have spoken that way. I don't think I would have spoken that way. Who asked you, you idiot? All right, my yeah. friend. Thank you. We appreciate it. All right. Let me see if I can pull up the call screen here. It would be very helpful. Jim in Connecticut, Sirius Satellite. Go. Hey, Mark. This is Tim in Connecticut. And I, I just had a question for you. Yes, yes. What, you know, I feel like our educational system is just brainwashing our children. And why do we need a Department of Education run by the uh, we don't. federal government? Why can't we get rid of that? Why doesn't Trump... Now, you know why. Well, Trump can't get rid of it. Congress has to get rid of it. And uh, we have all these separation of power guys, you know, like Rubio and Johnson and so forth. 
and Lamar Alexander and Collins and Murkowski rubbing their hands over the National Emergencies Act. But the Department of Education, have they, in, have they introduced any legislation to get rid of it, sir? No, they haven't. Okay, what role does the federal government have in education? Isn't it supposed to be a minimal role? It should be a minimal role. Now, that department was set up at the demand of the NEA under Jimmy yeah. Carter. That's and, what and happened. It, and it's destroying our educational system, and all our kids are being brainwashed. It's, 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 it's sickening. It's absolutely sickening. All right, my friend. Kevin, Philadelphia, my hometown, the great WPHT, and I will be there. We don't know when yet. We're working on it. This summer. Kevin, I will be there this summer in Phil. Well, I'm there a lot, but I mean, I will be there for WPHT this summer. Go right ahead. Mark, I would love to meet you. I've, I've called your show a couple times. I actually gather my children around to listen to you. Thank uh, you. Let me call you. And, um, and I'm just so sorry for everything that, that you have to deal with. Uh, you were my, the greatest inspiration to me. Um, uh, you know, the fact that, uh, you, you know, you have to put up with all this stuff all the time. And, I, you know, I just, I, my brother, my brother, Jim, is the one that arrested Dr. Kermit Cosnell. Is that right? Um, yes. And I'm also a Philadelphia police officer. And, um, you know, every time you get on that air, you inspire me to stay and do my job to the best of my ability. I'm one of 11 children. Wow. Four of us are police officers. And um, what a family. Uh, yes. And, uh, you know, my dad was a retired Philadelphia police officer. We just followed in his footsteps, and four of us became police officers in law enforcement. The rest were salesmen. They, you know, they make more money than us, but, oh, well, what are you going to do? I you like you know what? Uh, you know what, though? Let me tell you something, Kevin. Two of my uncles were members of the Philadelphia police force. That's amazing. It's yep. amazing. And and I just wanted to give you some inspiration. I You know, just, uh, you know, I hear Rich the only fill in for you sometimes, and I love that yes. Rich is the hometown hero filling in for the great Mark Levin. And, um I, you know, but I, I still love to have you on the air. <laughs> What's that? I, I didn't hear. I Mr. said, I, 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 Rich Yoli fills in for you sometimes, and, you know, I listen to Rich every day, um, but I still love you to have you in on the air. Well, the we love Rich. He's a good friend of mine. I, uh, Rich and I go back long before we were either, well, before he was on radio. So, listen, they're telling me I got to run, which is unfortunate, Kevin, but at some point I'll be announcing a couple of months when I'm coming to Philly. You and your brothers all come down. We'd love to meet you, Okay. Please keep up the great work. You're the best, Mark. I love you very much. All right, man. God bless you. Thank you, too. I love coming to New York. You know why, Mr. Producer? The NYPD, too. They just are the greatest people. Now, whether you've got a five-mile commute to work or you're road-tripping across the country, you want to feel secure behind the wheel. Now, that's why you need extended vehicle protection from CarShield. CarShield makes the process of fixing your car for cover repair very, very easy. And you can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work. It's your choice. They also provide 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed for free. Now, if your car is 5,000 to 150,000 miles, it doesn't mean you have to pay high repair costs. CarShield administrators have paid out close to $2 billion in claims, and they're ready to help you. And by the way, we have CarShield, too, on our 2010 Camaros, I keep telling you. Save yourself thousands in future car repairs. Get covered by the ultimate extended vehicle protection like we did. Call 800-CAR-6000, 800-CAR-6000, or go to carshield.com. That's carshield.com. Either way, use code LEVIN so you can save 10%. That's call 800-CAR-6000, mention code LEVIN, visit carshield.com, use code LEVIN, save 10%, 
A deductible may apply. Lovin. Let's go to George, Springfield, Virginia. One minute, George, the great WMAL. Go. Thank you so much for taking my call, Mark. I wanted to let you know I have a personal story. Um, I found you about four years ago. Um, We've learned so much from you, and I also, as the other caller, would gather my two sons around, and we listened to the whole show. Um, And so... Well, I can't tell you how, how, how proud that makes me feel. Thank you, George. That, that's why I want you to feel it, because you have made a difference in our lives to the point where I really didn't know what liberty really was until you showed me and also showed my sons. The result of this is that my oldest son is now, um, it, it really changed his life and his focus. He is contracted. He's got a full scholarship to college through the ROTC program. And oh, he's got his, wow. Yeah, and, and I'm telling you, it's really because of you, because what we learned from you, we would then go further and read. And I, I went and I bought a copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence hung it on the wall. Listen, I want to thank you, George, and your wonderful son and kids. And I want to thank you. You really, you guys really are something. This is an honor of you and my wonderful audience.
don't forget, friends, this Sunday, 10 p.m. on Fox. We have a great show. I hope you'll watch it. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, the Border Patrol, ICE, all federal, state, and local law enforcement. Thank you. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Get Al-Qaeda. Get the Taliban. Get ISIS. Get Hezbollah. Get Iran. Get all those subhuman bastards. And let me just say this. Good night, Pops, and good night, Mom. See you tomorrow. See you Monday.